Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. So it's uh, all for play for still. I think so. Do you want to bet against us? Hello, everybody, and welcome to For the Love of Pomegranate Podcast. We're back, and we're delighted to be back after a second win in a row under Una Emery. And I have to say, Paddy, what a lot of shite the the league and FIFA and everything have put this purposely have put this World Cup in place to stop us from winning the league. It's always about a big six bias, and you never hear that in your normal media. But we're going to tell you that today. That was my uh, that was my joke today, and work about this World Cup coming at an opportune time. But uh, no, look, it is great that um, whoa, what's going on there? I'm getting feedback on my. Oh, can anyone else hear that? Or was it just you me? Can you can, can hear, hear it as well. I have no idea where that came from. I was getting feedback of of the show, but uh, yeah, as I say, uh, two two wins in a row under Una Emery going into the uh, to the break, and um, lots to work on, but lots of green shoots, Paddy. Yes, and look, you 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 joke there in jest about the, going into the break, but I cast your mind back to the last game of last season where we were totally pissed off after throwing away a two-goal lead and then had to go, whatever, eight or nine weeks with no game. So to go six weeks after the game, after grinding one out yesterday, mm. things are not so bad. You're, you're only as good as your last game. Your last memory is your last game, albeit we'll remember Man United a few days before it. But we, we've beaten Brighton. We got He's got six points out of six. And onwards and upwards. Yeah. I can't ask for any more, you know. Um, like you see all the tweets that have been going around recently. And look, we're not going to this. This podcast is obviously we will talk about Brighton and so on. But uh, you know, we had nine points under Steven Gerrard, and we have nine points since he was sacked. Um, you know, like if you if you come to me and said which games would we get more points from, Leeds and Forest are United and Brighton. 
And like that's that's just the kind of and yes, you can call it bad luck and or good luck or whatever we want to say, but the really reality of it is we're playing way better football now. And there was a massive, massive brigade within within the the, the, the established spaces, media, um, you know, print media, whether it be broadcast radio, who still to this up before the, until before this game were saying, Oh, they should have given Stephen Gerrard another chance. And we had a man on commentary at the weekend who couldn't get out of his way wanting Aston Villa to lose to Brighton at the weekend. So I just want to kind of, I, I think it's important. We're not going to go too far down the rabbit hole on this one, Paddy, but <laughs> it is. I'll put, put it this way, Neil, right? There's many times I, I hang up off the podcast here on a, on a Monday evening or a Sunday evening or wherever it is we record, and I go to bed and I go, I need an absolute bollocks of that. <laughs> if Jamie Carragher didn't go to bed last night embarrassed, there's something fucking wrong. He even he even asked for the opinion of the Brighton fans behind him at one stage. Mm. It was cringe of the highest order. Yeah. So yeah, you know I usually have good time for Carragher. I usually do. I just I I couldn't understand where it was. Like it was for minute one. Well, actually, it was for minute one after they scored the goal, uh, which we will get onto in a moment, which is completely calamitous. Um. And I love the 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 breakdown that there's uh, that a couple of of sites have had because they've gotten it absolutely spot on. Well, they've gotten it exactly as I saw it in real time as well. I was shouting at my screen, and we'll talk about that in a moment. But uh, yeah, look, as I say, it was it wasn't an easy listen to the commentary at the weekend. Um, and sometimes I, I, I you know I kind of nearly prefer when we're not on TV. Because you can maybe go away and completely 100% legally source a stream from somewhere else that might have a commentator that you've never heard of uh, that kind of changes it up a small bit. Because, look, as see, I say, that, I, that I, was, I was lucky in the fact that my commentary came from Mark Regan and Ian Taylor because I couldn't watch the match live because I was at a match. Yeah. Um, so it, it was refreshing to listen to two of our own, and, and it was fresh eyes because I hadn't seen any of it. As you know, because the match I went to kicked off at three o'clock, we got hammered. By the way, and I got hammered too. <laughs> yeah. But look, so we had, we had our FAE Cup final here in Ireland yesterday, and my team were hammered four 0 But uh, good good day out. But miss missed the Villa. Watched it back. Um, enjoyed the commentary from Mark Regan and Ian Taylor, and just got those sound bites from uh, from Jamie Carragher, which were embarrassing but I, I totally get what you're saying and you, you also get the armchair experts you know the Liverpool and Man United fans that message you and tell you how shit Villa are after a game and they've only got that sample set of one game so uh, yeah the Liverpool fans were quiet for a year while we had Gerrard <laughs> at the helm and weren't saying too much um, but they, they'll be back no doubt and uh, yeah that, that annoyed me I couldn't go to a pub full of Liverpool fans and watch a game because it's just listening to Drivel or Man United fans, for that matter. <laughs> anyway, let's move on from that. Aston Villa won 2-1. It didn't look like they were going to win two, They were going to win at all after the first 40, what was it, 49 seconds or something in the game when we went down 1-0. Um, but there was something strange, Paddy. Like that, that goal itself, um, I don't blame Emmy Martinez much for that goal. I, blame, I actually think that goal is, is, is both centre-halves are to blame for that goal. 
both centre halves, I think, are to blame for that goal because neither of the two of them knew where to be. They didn't get, they didn't spread far enough. They didn't give him any angle. And uh, Douglas Louise was not expecting that pass. So yes, you can blame Martinez for the pass coming to him. And probably, I think, at that stage, you just abandoned. You're in the first minute of the game. You're okay to abandon the tactic of playing out short and langering up the field as far as you possibly can. I think within the first forty nine seconds. But that pass comes into Douglas Louise. He gets the ball taken off him and. Alexis McAllister won't have an opportunity or, or uh, yeah, he won't have, won't have an, an opportunity like that to absolutely put his foot through the ball with no one around him uh, in an opportunity, in, in a situation like that. Again, uh, I'd say for many is a long year, but um, not the best start, Paddy, but what was your view on it? No, not the best start. I, th- I think you're completely right. There's four culpable players in there. Um, you've mentioned the two centre-halves. Uh Emmy, I think, p- picked the wrong option. Um, Dougie was arcing for a run to maybe go outside the the, the centre half, but as he as he went to go for that run, the ball was played, so he was completely he, he he'd lost a couple of yards as it was. Could have possibly been a free. You've seen him nah. given two, um, and then don't seem given that to Villa Belly. No, a lot of <laughs> a lot of people a lot of people call no Emmy for the actual goal itself. He just gave him the eyes. That, that's exactly what happened there. Unfortunately, yeah. nobody was quick enough to recover and get across in front of him. So, one of those things, but all part of the learning process that we can talk about this on the day of a win. Um, this I watched with great interest last week against Man United in, in the home game and absolutely enjoyed the first 42, 43 minutes, whatever it was. That's how you're going to say first 42, 43 seconds of this game. Watching yeah, but... It, it, in, in the United game, everything that went short was perfect. And the one time we went long, we conceded from it. Yeah. So, we, we were just, we weren't prepared for a long ball and we were, all, we were, we were tr- totally thrown off kilter. The ball, I know there was maybe one or two passages of play, but it was the first time we went long in the game. Um, and then, look, yesterday, as I said, I was I was just just arrived in the stadium to that news. The match just kicked off, and then Twitter pings Aston Villa one nil down, and I'm like, I'm not going to let them ruin my day today. Mm. <laughs> but thankfully, uh, it was the team I went to see that ruined my day, and Villa were able to recover from it. Yeah, and uh, but look, as I say, and that was the great thing about it, and that's where what I want to frame this whole podcast around is that you know, lapse of concentration, um. Aston Villa do get themselves back into the game. And Aston Villa started playing some really good football. We started... So, first of all, before we go go, go any further, there's a man's uh, comment here I want to pop up. Thank you so much, Matt. I really, really appreciate that. And uh, I, I just realized I haven't drank a point in the podcast in a while. And my acting gig is coming up soon. And you can be guaranteed after that there will be lots of points on podcasts because uh, <laughs> it's... Um, yeah, it is. And in, case anybody, in case anybody is wondering, my hands are all covered in fake blood for... From uh, we were doing a fight scene tonight, would you believe? So, um, yeah, this little, little, little uh, I think you might be able to see it in the side of my head there as well. There's a small bit of fake blood. It, the bloody this, the stuff doesn't come off very easily either, so I don't know what I'm going to do anyway. Anyway, anyway, a digression, complete another digression. Thanks very much, Matt. Uh, and then really, really appreciate that. But what I was getting at there, Paddy, was that the um, Aston Villa, uh, like Aston Villa, usually don't recover from those situations, you know, that usually ends up being a 4 0 loss. Uh, in an Aston Villa game or four one loss, and you know they don't recover from it. They don't have the leadership to pick themselves up off the floor. Now I did a team sheet tantrum from the car, and we were trying to figure out 
what kind of formation we were going to play. And for me, it kind of seemed like it was that 4-4-2-2-2 four, four, two, two, two again, but obviously with different personnel in this instance. And and uh, what why I'm getting at here is because the game kind of came to us afterwards. We flooded out that middle of midfield. We didn't allow Moise Casiero uh, get getting on the ball too much. I thought McAllister was still very good throughout the course of the whole game. But when we got our, uh, the opportunity to, to play the ball through the centre, we were able to do that. And uh, our first goal or the penalty, how we, how we led up to the penalty, epitomised that because it was a lovely uh, kind of weighted ball again. You've seen this twice this season, or, or so far, should I say. First goal against Bay United was a beautiful, Beautifully weighted ball from the centre of the field from Jacob Ramsey. This time as well, we looked like we played that that same type of of run, except from the opposite side. It was John McGinn, and it was a lovely weighted pass by Buendia. McGinn gets his foot to it, a stonewall penalty all day long. I don't think McGinn was ever thinking of anything else other than playing for the penalty, but it was a stonewall penalty all day long. And Danny steps up and blasts it down the centre, even though Spanish Bob got his hand to it. Talk to me about mm. that passage of play, Paddy, because... I sat here, I've sat here and I've screamed about Steven Gerrard's tactics even last season that we had to go wide and we had no opportunities to play through the centre. And even when, I, even when Aaron Danks was here, we started to utilise the centre of the field more and we have the players that seem to be able to play in there. And, yeah. and Una Emery has certainly shown that we've got players that can do that considering he's used t- two different sets of personnel in those forward positions. But talk to me about it. He has and he'll, he'll learn an awful lot about a lot of those players in the next few weeks. Um, the, <clears throat> the way I saw the formation was a 4 2 2 2. But it's a 4 2 4 0 when we lose the ball. That That's what I got from yesterday. You know, the, Danny Ings dropped back in with the. with the, the We obviously had the two, the two sixes and then a bank of four there blocking off that midfield. And it worked incredibly well without mm. the ball. Um, obviously, we didn't get a whole pile of cha- uh, chances, but. You know that that those slide rule passes. There's nothing like them. There's absolutely nothing like them when they come off. I know it wasn't directly a goal, but you know McGinn got across his man very well, and uh, absolute stonewall penalty for me as well. Yeah, and I thought McGinn played a bit better. Actually, that was his best game of the season, I think, so far. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I, I I was I was actually really happy with with, with how he played, and and I, I have no problem saying it. That like in the in the team sheet tantrum. Uh, we were here and we were kind of question, not questioning, but I was talking about. Listen, it's it's coming to the stage whereby, okay, there's faith been shown in him being played here. Now it's the last game before the World Cup. He kind of needs to have a bit of a performance because this World Cup break, um, could, you know, could scupper his chances as we go forward. Yes, it could, we could have two opportunities here for him. He could go on and he could fit into the system. He might he might just be picking it up a bit slower than the other players. Mm. That's absolutely a possibility but he comes out in this game he's played in a different position utilised completely differently and his skill set is utilised he dropped back into a right wing back position an awful lot when we were in defence specifically then when Ashley Young came on as well Ashley Young uh, Ashley Young dropped back into that position too as well so they were they were kind of alternating uh, alternating in there um, but we were going to a kind of a five at the back to kind of see out the game sometimes a, a, a six at the back that's why Kamara stayed on the field I thought I thought Kamara was brilliant as well. I really did. But you could yeah. see he needs minutes in the legs. For, for the last 10 minutes, he was economically with his movement. And that's absolutely fine. Remember when we spoke about Leo de Donker against Manchester United? Leo was in, was in the right spaces at the right time. 
Camaro was doing that. He wasn't getting on the ball. He wasn't influencing it as much anymore. And that's absolutely okay. You need, and, and I think that's sometimes a criticism of John McGinn. And that's why I'm saying this as well is yeah. McGinn needs to know how to use his energy. He needs to know how to use his hustle. He, he is, he's a scamper around the field. I won't say he's lightning fast because he's not, but he scampers around the field. But sometimes he's like a terrier running after a ball. And that's, we've said that about him before. Whereas you see the guys who are maybe playing that central defensive midfielder position, plays a six hybrid eight like the Dundonkers and, and the Camaras, they begin to get economical with their movement. They begin to start stuffing up uh, passing lanes. They begin to yeah. drop maybe back into the into that back four. That's never been McGinn's game. But if McGinn can learn that, and I think he will have to learn that over this break to be economical so that he isn't pulled out of position, I think it could be something for McGinn. But fair play to him. I thought he played really well. That run for the penalty, I thought was really good. And, mm. um, you know, without him making that, making that run, I'm not really 100% sure we would have fashioned anything. So he kind of took a chance with that and broke from his structure. And a great ball from Emmy Buendia and fair play to him. You know, credit him when we, when he does something well, for sure. I, I, I definitely think uh, the the system suited McGinn yesterday. Um, if you if you recall, in the last 10 minutes, he went down twice with cramp, which, yeah. would, suggest, which would suggest he did a whole lot more running than he usually does in, in when he's... You know, in in whatever position he's been for the last couple of years, I don't remember him again ever going down with cramp. So uh, the same could be said of Kamara. I, you know, Kamara got ninety minutes under his belt. If anyone was to pull out of that French team, he'd be the first one on the plane. I would imagine. Um, should the call come, N- not that the selfish person that, that I can be is is not bothered about the the, the French no. team. I'd love to see him uh, be a big part of the next six weeks. I know they go on holidays for a while now. Um, but when they come back and, and grow for their warm weather training, that you know the team is built around players like him, and it's important to have him around the team. So you know we've 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 what five five t- players going to Qatar? Is that right? Four is it that? Uh, uh, Ash Martinez, 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 and the Dunker. I think that's it. We've only right. four going. Well, you see, with Brighton's team, Brighton have eight or nine going. Uh, yeah. And that's something we'll talk about. I've got a whole podcast on that later on in the week about how I think that this, uh, you know, we are in a favorable, favorable position. Even you look at other teams yeah. in the Premier League, we've got we've got far less players going. When you think about it, Martinez is our goalkeeper, Cash is our right back, but then Donker and Benrack haven't didn't start this game. So realistically, and if you think about it, you know, with the interchangeability of Ashley Young coming in there um, for cash and has done at times this season, realistically, we're only missing out on Emmy Martinez. Mm. And I know people are going to go, yeah, but I don't even want Robin Olsen getting those reps uh, in training after his performance against Manchester United. But look, that's the way it's got to be because I'm sure they're not because they're not going to be flying Emmy Martinez uh, back and <laughs> forth from Dubai to Qatar. Although you could, you could fly from Dubai to Dubai to Qatar and his time off so that they could get a they could get that game time in. I don't know. <laughs> uh, it would be it would be a stretch too far for me for sure. Um, but we do we I do have a, a have a, have a piece on that uh, that we might do to, towards the court the end the end of the week. Um, so Paddy, after that, I think I think very much so. After the bright, after we scored, I thought Brighton were, I thought Brighton were very huff and puffy. I never really felt like they had Welbeck up front. I don't, I, I, I don't think he played well at all. Um, you know they couldn't get the ball into him. Um, Lalana going off injured early. The, there was a big deal made of that by the guys in commentary, but I don't think himself or Trossard 
really did much in the game. And I think we did a really good job of stifling their play, Paddy. And we got in sure. at half time, one all. Um, while I never felt that we were going, we were the aggressors in the game at all, for sure. But I felt that you know that we were holding our own. We were we were obviously letting them have possession. We were soaking it up away from home. We were happy to be one all. But I never felt like we were under massive pressure. Other than that, that um, corner kick was that in the first half. It was that no, corner yeah. kick uh, where Emmy Martinez had to scramble across. The, he was in awful position for that, by the way. Uh, but he had to scramble across, made a great save. And uh, apart from that, I can't think of too many other chances that they had that really opened us up, Paddy. But uh, am I missing something in the first half? Maybe this that happened. No, well, I, th- I think they're only their one major chance they create. It was their goal. So mm. um, there, was, there was there was another corner which was whipped in near post, which he had to react quickly to 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 get away and as you mentioned that one that he, he just got his fingertip to take it off someone's head which was which was vitally important um people are saying he didn't have a particularly good day martinez you know i, I think i think if you look at the the performance on a, on a whole for for most of the players it was all it looked to me like it was all part of a learning process and they were sent out to do their job properly and not to do anything extravagant i i, I just thought it was just one of those days where we just needed the grind out result. We did it. We did it efficiently. We we kept them at bay. They never laid a glove on us in the second half. Never, no, even, never even looked like scoring. And while while the the six minutes against Man United when we were ahead three one and still thought we could throw it away, I knew it was, even at eight minutes. I knew there was absolutely no way they were getting back getting anything out of this game. They just couldn't break us down, which is great. Because once you're hard to beat, there's a good chance you're going to go and win matches. <laughs> you know, Paddy, you know, you know my my uh, my catchphrase that I nearly need to get tattooed at this stage is, if you become a must not lose team, you know, there's to me every game is a must not lose game, but not every game is a must is a must win game. You mm. know, and if you can get into that mentality. Uh, that that's that's half the battle, you know. Grinding out draws and coming away and going, okay, we weren't at our best today, but we've come away from from somewhere like Brighton, you know, Villa of the past, come away from somewhere like Brighton with a point, and we do have a very good record against Brighton since we've been in the Premier League. Um, but it's uh, what's this Sorry. One? wrong one? Um, Blatant header at the end. They did get a good chance with a header at the end. That was at the very, very, yeah, at the very end of the game. Yeah, we were looking at the second half play at the moment, I think. But, that's, uh, that's why we have you here, Martin, to remind us and keep us in check. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But the second half, I think the second half started, and I think that Aston Villa, Aston Villa kind of, I'm not going to say we ever, we didn't, we couldn't get a, a foothold in the game. We couldn't grab it by the scruff of the neck as such. We were able to play in fits and starts. We're very much an Emery type team. You know, you look at any of his best days with VRL, that's how he played. Difficult to break down, frustrating, never looking like we're, we're conceding possession. But you always then, you look at it at the end of the day and you go, Jesus, Phil only had, what, 35% possession in the game or something along the lines like that. So uh, that that's what it is. It's very much a lull into a false sense of security. And I think that's a it's a brilliant tactic to have away from home because it works against both sides uh, of the aisle. There'll be some days where we will go come away and go, oh, Villa looked awful. You know, today we didn't look off it, but we came away with a win. And look, to be honest with you, over thirty-eight game season, that's brilliant. That's exactly what you want to be because there's only one or two man cities in the league at the moment that can, uh, that can go out there and wow teams and put five on teams away from home, or even the likes of Arsenal at the moment. 
Um, and, and I think Aston Villa, we are, as, as, as Michael Huggins said there, and I can't find it, he goes, the Red Brick Palace wasn't built in a day. You know, you gotta, you got you to gotta grind out those victories. you got to grind out those draws. But this second half was very much a grinding experience, uh, I think, um, w- within the game. Obviously, there's, there's been <laughs> accusations of horrendous time-wasting, filthy play because of the yellow cards, although a lot of them were for time-wasting. Um, but look, that's just professional nature of the game, I think, at this moment in time. Last game before the World Cup, Villa needed to come away with something. Yeah. Martinez gets booked. Uh, McGinn gets booked for, for time-wasting. As you mentioned, uh, we haven't got to our goal yet, but their only real chance came from Levi Caldwell, who had a free header that... You know, he should really be just picking his side there and running off and celebrating. But I think uh, first start, if I'm not mistaken, as a centre half for Brighton and he got caught in the headlights, uh, I think there. And thankfully, thankfully for us, he put it about 20 yards wide. Um, but we had a similar situation whereby the ball was crossed in from Matty Cash. Some brilliant work from Matty Cash down that right hand side. Crossed the ball in and Amy Buendia with what it would have been goal of the week. Uh, unbelievable leap, like a, like a salmon from such a small man, and he was like a missile when he headed it from the penalty spot. Crashes back off the off the post. And what I loved about this is when you look at this goal back again, when you, that ball comes off the post, Matty Cash seems to come back out towards the the edge of the box. Then he sees Douglas Louise get the ball, and maybe Douglas Louise turns around and, and and he's thinking that maybe we're going to recycle that ball backwards as opposed to going to Mings or going to Ings. And you see Matty Cash pelt it backwards to get back into position straight away again. And that's something we hadn't been seeing for the last 10 games previously. That's 10 games that he's played, maybe the last year that, that, that uh, Aston Villa have played. We haven't seen our fullbacks get back into position. But while he was absolutely legging it back, Danny Ings pulls an absolutely outrageous shimmy inside in the box and then kicks it in off some fella's heel and it just squirts in wrong foot Spanish Bob and into the back of the net and we go 2-1 up not the greatest finish in the world I don't think he even wanted to celebrate it because it was such a ridiculous uh, ridiculous deflection but that little shimmy and that little dummy and that little drop of the shoulder was absolutely fantastic from Danny Ings and if we can continue to see that throughout the course of the season then hashtag team Paddy will be in fine voice on these podcasts (laughs) Well, I said it before and I say it again. You, you miss hundred percent of the chances you don't fucking mm. hit. He took the shot. It, it, it hit off. I think it hit off his knee. The way it went through his legs. But look, <laughs> it went in. The, the, once it once it passes that white line and, and hits the net, I'm I'm a happy man. I don't care who scores it. If it's Ollie Watkins, it's Ollie Watkins. If it's Annie Ings, even better. But you know, we 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 created the chances and we took them when we got them. So, um. It it really doesn't matter how we score, but you're right in 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 giving the big shout out to anybody. I I like in reality it'd probably be a poor ball from Matty Cash. He put too much face on it, and and Buendia adjusted his body, improvised, got his head onto it, bullet header, and and then the work rate to win the ball back so quickly in the transition was fantastic. So hats off to them because. As you say, you know, even that the the hard work for Matty Cash to get back to where he needed to be, these are all the things that that uh, Unai Emery is going to be looking for um, in in all the games. Is the work rate? Is players knowing their jobs? Is players being clever enough to get back into their positions? And it will all. I, I'm pretty sure this will come together. You know, I, I I'm actually for for one with that first goal we conceded. It's probably a good thing that mm. we conceded that this week, and we got six weeks off. 
not only have we got time to work on it and, and be more careful and, 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 you know, put a plan in place for when that does happen. Six weeks time, when we play Liverpool, it, it won't really matter because they're, they're going to high press us anyway. So there'll be, there'll be very little risks taken in that department, I would imagine. But we could do it the six weeks off for people to forget that we made that decision and try yeah. not to push, and try not to be pushing up on us. I'm sure they won't. You know, there's plenty of coaches out there watching everything and watching everything back. But uh, you know, I, I I'd have much preferred have have them watched it back afterwards. I would have much preferred to grind out that two one win today or yesterday, uh, than go and win three nil. It's just I, I just think it's a much better win. To come from behind, to show the grit, to to show personality, to show everybody like to a man, they all did their jobs. They all did what they were asked to do. You know, mm. we got a fortuitous winner, but I would have much preferred preferred to win that way than go out and be three 0 up at halftime and win three 0 That that's just my opinion. I think it, I think it was an important structured win when you think yes. about it. Whatever, whatever about going and winning away from home. Going win away from home after conceding a calamity goal so early on as well, mm. I think that shows good character for the team going forward. And I think I, James Cartwright has a great comment up here as well. Biggest credit for the game goes to Wahoon I did with the tactics, especially especially at the end, and the players looked like they knew exactly what to do. Um, I think the players knew that there would. I, I think they knew that there was obviously a game plan. They knew that there would be a, a situation of uh, how would I put it. They, they had gamed out different kind of simulations, if you want, for, for the game. This is what we'll do in this instance. Okay, if we're 1-0 up going into the last 15 minutes, this is what Brighton like to do. We need to get, you need to go huddle in the middle of the field. This is what their tendencies are. We don't need Trossard getting any space. We can let Casado have it back there as long as we don't let him advance with the ball. That's where you're going to come in, Emmy. Emmy Buendia, you're going to be all over him like White on Rice. But if Trossard gets anywhere near the ball, Booba, we might have to run you into the ground. But you've got six weeks off after this. Any twinges in your knee, let us know. We'll take you off. We're going to bring Leo on for this person. You know, all this kind of stuff. You'd imagine that's going on in every single t- uh, dressing room for days before the game. That they're going to game out these sort of types of simulations so that people are looking at the clocks and they're going, right, Fifteen minute at fifteen minute intervals. This is what we do. This is the formation we look at. In this instance here, we're one all. Okay, let's get tight. Remember, guys, we're going to come in narrow. Our our uh, our eight is going to drop back into a more withdrawn role. Maybe just patrol that mid the the midfield circle. Our sixes are going to are going to retire deep as well. And we're just going to play tight for the next fifteen minutes coming up to half time. If we're one all away from home, then we're going to regroup. We're going to get out in the second half, and this is the way we're going to expand. So I like that. You can actually kind of. See, see things like that with Unai Emery you can see when they go into that pseudo six at the back, I, I hate saying that a team plays six at the back because they don't really play six at the back consciously, it just happens because people would draw in there, I've seen it a couple of times that like, oh, Unai Emery likes to play a 6-3-1, he doesn't like to play a 6-3-1 it's the way that the players filter in when they when they when they withdraw back. I would almost guarantee, but I can I can probably I would find it very difficult to see him doing the X's nose on the whiteboard saying, "Okay, lads, we need to have a wall of six at the back." But then again, maybe he does. And um, I think it's just the way the players filter back, and that's okay too. But I agree with you, James. You can see this. You can see the way that the team does change shape throughout the game. And, and and you can see that there is a game plan behind that, specifically with the with the substitutions that were made, because they weren't all like for like substitutions. Yeah, uh, well, I'm looking back at them here. Ashley Young came on for Jacob Ramsey. 
You know, Ashley Young came on for Jacob Ramsey, played a small bit further forward. Bailey came on for Buendia. Um, and uh, obviously, Augustinson came on for Luca Dina. Um, Archer came on for Ings and the doctor came on for Luis. So there were some like for like, obviously, there towards the end of the game. It was good to see Cameron Archer get some, some game time. But the Ashley Young for Jacob Ramsey kind of did change it up for us there. And that came early enough as well. That was on the 69th minute. So interesting. Interesting. And as David Stile says there, it is great that Emery has used all 15 available subs in the three <laughs> games so far. He's an absolute pervert for game, game management, and I love it. <laughs> what a comment. That's, that's comment of the day. <laughs> um, but, like, that's... And, and I'm, I'm going Actually, Neil, to... you know what... I, I... I want to ask David Stoyles a question. Can you put in the comments there and, and tell us if he's in the UK? You know why, don't you? <laughs> David Stiles, are you in the UK? Yes. I'll ask put, you. I'll put, ask you. <laughs> put put your comments, answer in uh, there, David Stiles. Yeah. You're not. No, don't. Anyway. This is, you're not going to ask him, is he Harry's brother? Don't. No, 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 no. This no, is not no, the podcast no. for this. <laughs> <laughs> I am, chaps. Okay, David yeah. Stiles. He's in the UK. What I'm going to do for, for giving me such a laugh tonight is we're going to send you one of our point glasses. So oh, yeah, either, I never did either send myself or Neil a, a DM on uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, wherever, wherever you find us, and we, we'll uh, we'll send you out a, a free point glass for that bit of crack. Yeah, we do have for the love of pomegranate point glasses. They're embossed point glasses. They're available, unfortunately, only to people in the UK at the moment because apparently insurance of shipping outside of the UK. And even if we were to get them done here in Ireland, shipping outside of Ireland is mental at the moment for whatever reason. Um, same reason we couldn't get the mugs out all over the world. Um, so I do apologise about that. But we do have some uh, some point glasses for sale. They're on sale on our crudely put together website and for the love of pomegranate.com you'll be able to find them there um but uh yeah as i said that's the fruits of my labor that website so don't block it too much because i'm not oh, as i say as i break one of the coasters um uh don't mock it too much because uh, i'm not that way inclined to be able to put together websites uh, it's not my forte for sure but then again neither is podcasting and i'm having i'm, I'm making a hand at that <laughs> some way shape or form um paddy one of the things uh, one of the other things i wanted to mention is um, like we we've scored nine goals, we've conceded six, we've got nine points uh, in in the league since um, since Jared departed. Obviously, since Una Emery has come in here, we've scored five goals, we've conceded yeah two two. I couldn't remember what score we conceded six before them were in the one game. Yeah, that's <laughs> it, exactly, and that's what I was getting at here. So we scored four under Aaron Danks, we conceded four under Aaron Danks before those were in, were in the one game. I don't think we concede four goals at all against Newcastle um, if uh, if Emery is in here, but hindsight is twenty twenty. I can say that because no one can prove me wrong until we play Newcastle again later on in the season. But what I'm trying to get at here is that the returns for the first two games have been, have been positive. The words that people are saying, and I know as Ronan Keaton once said, it's only words, and words are all I have. Um, but Maddie Cash is of this world, the Jacob Ramsey's of this world, the, the Danny Ings of this world, they're coming out and they're going, Wow, we're learning stuff off this guy, you know. And I know talk is cheap, but it's nice to hear when you're going into a six-week break, and specifically, you know, your strikers and your forward players are learning about movements and about angles and things like that, and they're bringing it up in conversation as well. That's what we want to hear, Paddy. I'm sure you want to hear the same thing before we go into a, a six-week break. 
Absolutely. Sorry, I completely uh, wasn't listening to you there. I'm still laughing at some of the comments. <laughs> <laughs> I was saying that it's nice to hear the players saying that they're learning stuff. And while it is only just sound bites and words, uh, the talking will be done after. Yeah, right. it's, you know, and, and how can you not, how can you not learn from such an infectious man? You can see everything about him is infectious. Um, I, you know, his English is improving all the time, although I'd imagine he is quite hard to listen to. And, and you know, it might take a bit of time to, to get his point across. And I could totally see that. Um, but, you know, this this guy is quite obviously, you know, as he says, a pervert for game management. The guy just lives and breathes every second of the game. He's on his feet whole 90 minutes, 98 minutes, as, as it was at the weekend. It's it's you know I I nearly loved her to be a camera and open the corner and the screen. Remember you said the player cam at Sky, just put an Emery cam and leave, leave it on him there and let, let us watch what he's doing as the game's going on. Um, it's it's all about game management for him. He's just constantly talking to the players, telling them where they're going. and and if something is even five yards out of place, he's fixing it as the game is going on. He's fixing and fixing and fixing, and that's what a proper coach does. That's what a proper game manager does. It's Absolutely brilliant to watch. I enjoyed it against Man U. I, enjoy, I just couldn't take my eyes off him. I thought he was an incredible. Uh, you know where he gets his energy from. You know, it's, mm. it's a, I'd say I'd say he almost feels like he's played the match when when the game is over. So he, he's obviously very like that. He, he spends m- most of his time in a classroom based mm. uh, tactics. Yeah, yeah, and and I'd imagine even more so in in the Birmingham weather. He's going to be indoors as well. Um, That's why they're going no, to Dubai. When I come to Dubai, yeah. But um, look, if you can't learn from him, I, I don't know who you can learn from. Um, he's been on my radar as a coach for many, many years, and I was actually excited to see him come to the Premier League with Arsenal. I just think he was treated abysmally by them. He didn't. He didn't do a particularly bad job at all. So no. I, I, th- I, I think our uh, our job that he has taken on, our, our project, is absolutely perfect for him. And whoever comes in in January. It, it it can it can only be somebody who he, he has his homework done on, and it, there's exciting times ahead, and it should be exciting for the players. I'm sure worrying times for those who are only on the periphery as well that that, that probably think that their their gig is up and there's going there's going to be players coming in to fill their position, and you know I trust them. For someone who's only in the club a wet week, I trust them. I trust I trust his decision making. So I'm I'm looking I'm looking forward. To, to see in the videos of what they're doing over the next few weeks, I know I know they're going to be on holidays for ten days or so. Looking forward to seeing them putting the scoring goals and training, Paddy. This, this no, is a new Paddy. You should have seen no, him. No, 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 no. <laughs> seen him putting it in, in top corner. <laughs> As I said to you, myself, you give me a bag of balls, I'll make a video and show you. Put it in the back <laughs> but it just just to see, you know what 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 the next six weeks looks like from from a, a training point yeah. of view. From I know somebody else asked in the. In the comments, there was there any other um, friendlies? There was apparently another friendly which has since been cancelled. It's something got to do with the fact that they can't play a match while there's a World Cup game on, so it's becoming very difficult to fit in friendlies in there. So there'll be, okay. if there's any other games, it'll be behind closed doors. But for now, the only the only friendly in that six weeks is against Villarreal. Hmm. Um, that we know of so far. That we know, that of. We know yeah. of so far, exactly. Yeah, yeah. What date is that Villarreal game again, Paddy? 10th or 15th? 16th or something. 16th of December. 
It's Thursday. It's just after the World Cup semi-final. It's Thursday. More chance of getting over there on a Thursday than I do on a Saturday or Sunday. I could just pretend I'm going playing. Oh, I'm going playing five aside. You're playing five aside. At, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and five aside at eight o'clock in the morning. Yeah, and then she won't notice I'm gone. And I'll be back then later on that night. Be grand. Maybe I'll, maybe that'll happen. And you know, like I can talk about it openly in the podcast because there isn't a hope in hell she's watching the podcast. So it doesn't really matter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that I had that start for the other Martin. No, I'm not going to start singing after every podcast, uh, every win that we had. I, I sang once on the podcast properly, and that was when I put my money where my mouth is. After uh, we hadn't scored from a, from a, um, a set piece in ages, and then Tyrone Ming stu- stepped up in the last day of the season, or something, or second last day of the season, and stuck one in the back of the net. I'm Alex Rodriguez, and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. And from a header. So that was that was pretty awesome. Yes. I'll, do a, I'll do a deal with you, Martin. I'll, I'll uh, uh, the the song that Neil just sang is actually my party piece. So when we qualify for Europe, I'll sing that song. No, Paddy has multiple party pieces. He's, he's I, I, I have a few years. I have a few years to prepare. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Who's? Yeah. Exactly. We might even do that one live somewhere. Um. Yeah, Paddy, your top. My Last top. Year? I presume it's not this one. I presume it's this one he's talking about. Which is but, Dick Pierce's Block Rock and Beats. I presume he knows this is just a training top from and that's the training top from last year too. I think it was last year. Last year, um, yeah. But this, yeah. this one is Dick Pierce, Block Rock and Beats. He he plays uh, he's a DJ here in Ireland who actually does his live shows wearing that short. Mm. It's it's a, basically it's a mock up of a villa short with Block Rock and Beats on it, and that's what it is. If you don't if you don't know who he is, shame on you. Go check him out. <laughs> Check him out, Deck Pierce. Yeah, and thank you for listening. I still never got my ticket for Limerick, and if there's any floating around, I need one. <laughs> <laughs> See that? See that talking on the podcast? He's God's sake. So, God so thanks for that, IJL eighty two for <laughs> for letting me put that awful show out to look for a ticket. Exactly. Uh, Alan Healy says, "I look. This is something I meant to mention, and I've it started, and I forgot to get back to it when I was on my uh, whole decaderness and about talking about Emery and that they're learning. I meant to meant to highlight this as well, but I did love that as well. The team pulled together into a huddle at the final whistle. You could see the passion there that I haven't seen for some while. That was very much dread by uh, led by Emmy Martinez, I think, as well, because a couple of people mentioned there as well. And apologies, I don't have the comments here in front that uh, you loved the kind of shit that uh, Emmy Martinez brought." yesterday and look i think like i i i it, it winds up other fans and stuff like that but you know 
that's that's the difference. That that's what can you know when you're an underdog or when you're a team who's down and you look like Aston Villa have been. You know, a couple of these gritty us against the world victories, and that game against Brighton was an us against the world victory. That game in Man- against Manchester United was an us against the world victory. You know, little things like that mean things. Emmy Martinez probably wanted to win that game more than anyone else because he knew for certain at that stage he was going to the World Cup. I suppose Matty Cash did as well, but Martinez mm-hmm. is wearing has worn a captain's armband for Aston Villa. You can see he's bought into the club. He's bought into the ethos around uh, around the club and stuff. And it was I was delighted to see him driving it on within there. And he was making sure that all the fans went down to the away end and they gave it large in front of the away end. And, and you know, mm. sometimes you criticise the manager for walking down the tunnel, but Emery has won twice. And the first thing he does is shake a hand and go down the tunnel and gets things ready for the debrief or whatever else he has to do. And... Let's the players soak it up, and I thought that that was the right thing to do. Uh, and yeah. I think it's definitely been the right thing to do both times because Unai Emery is a man of action. He doesn't like he doesn't want to be the man of many words, specifically in the media. Mm. And as I say, your actions speak on the on the field. So, yeah. like you, Alan, I love that too. The one the one thing I will I will bring the tone down a little bit. I'm not overly enthused at the time wasting. Um, as anybody who listens to the podcast will. No, I really don't like cheating in any form. So that fall that falls under the umbrella of cheating for me. I don't like it. I'd rather he didn't do so much of it. I know you have to take this thing out of games and go, go down injured and stuff. That's probably not his job. We can get away with it a whole lot easier. Um it just it just sickens me that we're we're on the tip of the tongue of, of the media and they're giving out about us. And you know, to have eight to have eight minutes on the end of at the end of the match. Shows that you know that one of these days that will bite us on the arse. We had six against Man U. It was never six minutes there to be added. No, we, probably, we weren't. We weren't was. time wasting against Man United, though. Oh, we were a little bit. Emmy was a little bit. Um, so I would just like that. That's two yellow cards now he has for for time wasting, which also means if he does it five times, we have to put Robin Olsen back in goal. So. <laughs> Let let's just uh, let's just tone it down a little bit, or let the other players go down injured and spread it out, like the big clubs do. But when they do it, it's called game management. But for well, us, because it's little old Aston Villa, we don't get the same respect. Well, there was also so think of it this way as well, Paddy. There was also nine substitutions in the second half. So like when 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 we're talking about the eight eight minutes injury time, we're going to start seeing more injury time because if you have to give the requisite thirty seconds, that's nine minute. That's uh, nine substitutions. That means mm. that's four and a half. Four and a half of those added minutes were because of substitutions. That's if you are to give that. Now look, obviously Ashley Young nearly halves a fella with a with an absolute blatant yellow card tackle to try and stop Brighton from making any any uh, inroads. Yes, you might say that that was a dirty challenge. Bubakar Kamara gets booked hot in the heels of that. And then the two boys get booked for time wasting in 90 plus 7. So, look, I suppose yeah. it is what it is um, with regards to that. But I, I, I think it's it's important to mention that the 8 minutes, the 90 plus 8, and you see the 8 minutes at a time in the in the Brentford game as well, where Ivan Tony pops up and scores uh, that goal. I, yeah. I think we're going to start seeing longer injury times because of because if people are going to be making two and three substitutions at a time, um, I'm actually looking here. It was eight substitutions in the second half, so that's four minutes of injury time were taken up by subs. And yeah, you probably could say that the other four might have been might have been because of the time wasting, but I don't think there was yeah. four minutes of time wasting. Anyway, that's well, the side point. But you're right. You're right. You're right in what you're saying. 
seeing as we've won the game again and we, we can we can call out uh, Chris Kavanagh for his absolute travesty of dishing out yellow cards. He he booked Kamara for a high foot which hit a fella's knee and yet wave play on when Maddie Cash gets kicked in the head for a high foot. It just it just begs belief what he's at, what what game he's looking at. Um I I, I just thought some of the yellow cards were particularly poor. He's a poor referee. There's plenty of poor referees out there. And when when we win, we we can call them out. He may or may not have got the the penalty decision wrong as well. Um, I probably would have given it in real time. And if he'd have given it in real time, it wouldn't have been overruled by VAR as a clear and obvious error. I don't think. Here we go with this one. Um, like he's completely like before he ever comes into screen, he's completely committed to the act of taking a shot. I think I, I and. In that instance, like Tyrone Mings gets booked for what Sonny Marsh does against Arsenal. Yes. And, and people were saying he should have been sent off. Remember that Tyrone Mings tackle where he gets the ball and his momentum takes him into back Ari Saka? Um, yeah. And then people were saying he should have been sent off. It was an awful tackle. And then that mm-hmm. happens then in the box when a guy is committed to kicking the ball. He didn't kick through him after he won the ball. He was in the middle of kicking the ball when Sonny Marsh comes in there. So... But Sonny Marsh was never yeah. in control of that ball. So for, for them to be so yeah. definite in the fact that was a penalty, I think there's way too much nuance with regards to it. And I think, look, once again, that that one was for VAR. And you can say, mm. yeah, look, he kicked him, he kicked him. Yeah, he did. But at the end of the day, it was in the act of striking the ball when Sonny Marsh stuck his foot in there. So what, who needs to be protected it, in that instance? Was it against Brighton last year that Trezeguet got kicked? and Yes. Didn't- was that Brighton as well? I, was, I think I'm certain that was Brighton. Or was it, was yeah. it against Brighton where Trezeguet went down like he was shot? But he was kicked. No, remember the one where Trezeguet went down and started holding his face? Oh, and no, there was no, no, no. Uh, Brentford. Brentford, yeah. wasn't it? That one. Yeah. That was Brentford, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, but like, for me, Solly Marsh knew what he was doing. He kept, he kept going with that intention of running into the player to try and force the hand of, of a decision. It's probably, probably not a penalty, but you could see why it would be given. Um, also, a shout out for for that handball because someone someone that close for us had a hand out like that last week and or a couple of weeks ago, and we got a penalty against us. Can't remember what game it was. Leeds was it? No, we Maddie didn't Cash against Leeds. Maddie Cash handled the ball. No, Maddie Cash didn't play against Leeds. Maybe I'm dreaming. No, Wasn't there a player that was? Hand out like that, and and he hit his hand. I can't remember. Completely escaped me. I had it on the tip of my tongue earlier, and I can't remember. <laughs> um, but look, it's it's it's. I I just think seven yellow cards. We're we're going to get a letter from the FA, uh, warning us about a future contract and failing to control our players. And it wasn't a dirty fucking game. No, like. no, there's no context in it whatsoever. And that's yeah. another joke shop. You look back at it and you go, yeah. okay, if six, if so. And, and and also the, the the yellow card he gave to Jacob Ramsey, because he fucked up, he he should have played the advantage. Jacob Ramsey was one on one with the last defender, and he yep. slams the ball off the ground and he books him for it. He books him for calling him out for being an absolute idiot of a referee. That's what he was doing. How frustrating that must be for a player. You have to have some kind of savvy and go. Okay, JJ, st- calm down. I got it wrong. Okay. We go again, yeah. you know, not 
clone out a yellow card because how dare you how dare you react like that to my poor decision because that's exactly what it was it was a poor decision I don't think he even gave out a yellow card there did he he gave the yellow card to uh to, to, to Ramsey, but he didn't give it to the, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the obvious yellow card that, that he stopped the game for, which which was why I thought he was stopping the game was for a yellow card. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. we won't go on about it anymore. We can't. And I had a point, and I can't remember what it is, but we're 48 minutes, nearly 49 minutes into the podcast. Oh, yes, that's what it was. Um, did Young have a handball in the cup game? Oh, his hand, his hand was up, though, wasn't it? Yeah, that was a handball. But there was, there was, I'm, ne- I'm nearly sure there was one given with a hand down saying, by Somebody's saying that, uh, just, yeah, that it might have been cash in the Forest game. That's what I Leeds, thought. Leeds was nil nil. You know, are we both clicking on the same comment there, Paddy? Is that why it won't show? Are we both clicking on Tawan's cash comment? Cash versus Fulham. Was it against Fulham? Did Fulham score? Maybe so. Um. Anyway, <laughs> look. There was a handball somewhere. Okay. <laughs> well, all all our handballs are never handballs, and we're going to give out about them anyway. But ever the handball against us should have been a penalty for us, even if we don't get it. That's just the nature of being fickle, as I said. I'm an Aston Villa fan. I'm fickle. I'm allowed to change my mind whenever I want. Um, and that's just the rules of the game. Uh, but, guys, thank you so much for joining us tonight. We're going to leave it at that. Um, as I say, if you are interested in the pint glasses, the Aston Villa, or the For the Love of Pomegranate pint glasses, as I'm looking around for the one I brought out with me, um, but I must have left it uh, somewhere else in my office here. Um, they are available on our um, our website, for the love of pomegranate.com. You'll see them there. They're the only thing in the merch store at the moment. You've got two options. You can get the, get the glass on its own, or you can get the glass with a glass coaster with the with the crest embossed as well there. Uh, you can take a look, whichever, whichever option you would like. We would be delighted to provide you with them. As I said, they are UK only, unfortunately, at this moment in time. But if anything changes, you guys will be the first to know. Um, also, this podcast today, and I should have said it at the very start, it is sponsored by Fettel, which is a... Um, a therapy company, a, a counselling service that we are um, delighted to be partnered up with. They're an Irish-based counselling service. They will uh, offer counselling anywhere. It's over. Um, it's it's done via um, via video link uh, on fettle.ie. Um, basically, you'll be paired up with any with with the therapist that does suit you, and they offer a multitude of different um, counselling services from bereavement to addiction counselling to uh, depression, anxiety, anger management, which some of us might need after these podcasts at times. Um, I don't want to, and I, I, you know, I do jest when I say that, and I don't want to be too flippant about it. But some of the services that they do provide are here. So obviously, anything to do with trauma, trauma, bereavement, anger management, cognitive processing, dialect behaviour, cognitive behaviour even acceptance and commitment therapy as well for anything like that as i say they're a great uh, a great a great company and um with it being november and while we want everybody to look after their mental health but obviously uh, november is men's mental health awareness or men's health awareness month and uh, you know looking after your physical health is one thing but looking after your mental health can uh, can enlighten you can open up um everything you know the, can open up the whole world to you as well so we would uh, we would say if you are looking for uh, for therapy for online therapy from trained and from professional therapists uh, fettle.ie and um, do give them a look out and do give them a shout matt hanlon ha- hanlon thank you so much again for that really appreciate your your donation to the podcast um that is very very kind and thank you so Cheers, much matt. so thanks very much everybody we will leave it at that we are going to be back don't worry world cup break means nothing to us
uh, we will be back. We have uh, next week. We will actually, yeah. This so th- towards the end of this week, we will be back with a podcast. I might even be here on my own. I don't know. I haven't even asked Paddy. Uh, just discussing what our fortunes would be. I think uh, during the during the break, uh, and then we have. Uh, I have a full three podcast slate um, scheduled in for the week after. I will also be doing some scouting series and players that I find interesting throughout the World Cup. I also have a South American scouting scouting series that I'm working on at the moment for some young players that I think uh, would be great fit for Aston Villa or great fit for any club. If you're interested in finding out about new players, whether they're linked with Aston Villa or not, well, listen, drop along and give us a vote, a view, and give us a watch. Also, any transfer rumors that do pop up between now and then, except for Eden Hazard, who I will refuse to do a podcast on unless he's holding the shirt on the field. I will do a podcast on anyone we're linked to. I've got a bank lined up already from the likes of um, Marcus Turam to Nacho Fernandez. To, like, we've been linked to lots of players, and I will be will be releasing those over the World Cup break as well. So going to try and get through as many podcasts as we can. There could be a lot of scouting series. If they are bag, please give them a listen. If not, well, then please give them a listen anyway, because I'd really appreciate it. And you never know, you might get to know one or two things about players. But thank you so much for everything. We have a bit of a break, as I say, from Aston Villa football for the time being, for the next six weeks. Um, enjoy the time off. Enjoy uh, maybe watching different types of football. And hopefully you enjoy watching some of the content that we have coming out over the next uh, few weeks as well. Very very quickly before you, you go, Neil, uh... One of our listeners asked me to remind people that the Aston Villa ladies do play in Villa yes. Park against Reading this Reading weekend. This weekend, great bit of entertainment for a very reasonable price. I think I think it's I think it's ten pounds of memory serves me correct, and I'll have to check it out. I think it's five for kids, but get along and support them if you're in a position to do so. Um, a good day out. They're really good with the kids there after the game as well. So. Bring along the girls. It's it's their game too. Bring 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 your young girl along. It, it'll be a good way to get them involved in in supporting the club as well. Richie Ryan, I I've, I forgot to mention this as well. I'm efforting on beanies. It's going to be the start of December if I get them in because I have to f- do the fulfilment for those myself. But keep an eye on Twitter if you are looking for a beanie hat uh, before Christmas. Uh, fingers crossed. I should have something on that uh, towards the start of December. Um, limited stock. Uh, I'll try and get them as well. But anyway, that's less of the of the selling stuff here because it's more about wanting you guys to come back for more chats uh, throughout, throughout the World Cup uh, break because that's what we're all about. So guys, thank you so much for this. Aston Villa going in a two-match winning spree. We are winning spree. That is, does, do two match consider <laughs> is that considered a spree? I got to call it a spree. It is for us. It is for us. That's right. Yeah, yeah. It is for us. So uh, let's enjoy it while we can. As I say, we're now on eighteen points in the Premier League. Um, little old Manchester United are on twenty six. Liverpool are on twenty two, and they're in fifth and sixth with Brighton in seventh place on twenty one points. So, while I'm not saying that the European football is an absolute given, and Paddy is going to have to sing uh, some Ronan Keating songs, uh, we're not a million miles away from it, or we're not as far away from it, because there is a very much a concertina uh, Premier, excuse me, Premier League season this season, but we'll, that's all to be written once we come back from the World Cup. Thanks very much for watching. Up the Villa, great win, and I uh, hope you all stay safe and stay healthy. And we will be back again later on this week. If you, if you, we, and we would love if you could join us. So thanks so much, and we'll see you later. Up the villa. Up the villa. Sports Social Podcast Network.